You are listening to the Ideas to Profits podcast, hosted by myself, Ross Blaine, and with my co-author, Dr. Paul Dick. And weekly, we have special guests to add to our conversations about the ideas inside I2P. Download all the latest I2P episodes wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi there, my name is Lauren Card and I am the VP of Operations and Regulatory Affairs for Paul Dick and Associates. We are a full-service consulting firm for the animal health industry and startup development partner for the Casaco Animal Health Series. This is the first podcast in a series of podcasts that we will be producing. I'm very excited to be here today with Ross Blaine, the Chief Visionary Officer of Gage Gamification, and Dr. Paul Dick, the President of Paul Dick and Associates, or PDA. Ross and Paul are the co-authors of a book that was recently published called Ideas to Profits, or I2P, that provides tools and techniques to improve business performance in any sector and ultimately build profitable and innovative enterprises. The book, although just published three months ago, is already listed as a bestseller in three categories on Amazon, small business, business consulting, and innovation. Ross, Paul, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Lauren, thank you for doing this. It's great fun working with you, and it's been great fun working with Paul on the book and getting it out to the people that can really help. Paul, thank you for helping me. Thank you, Ross. It has indeed been a a great voyage, and I know our voyage is just starting with the first podcast. But uh, no, it's a real pleasure, and it's a pleasure to have our moderator, Lauren. Thanks, Paul. Paul, you have worked in the animal health industry for over 30 years with various roles at large multinationals, startup companies, and presently in your consulting practice. And in that practice, about 70% of our clients are startups or emerging companies, and our services largely focus on helping these companies be more strategic, efficient, and cost-effective to help them achieve their business, product development, and regulatory objectives. The key learnings in this book are nicely aligned with the advice and guidance that we regularly provide to our clients, and so provides another source of information to help them succeed. Paul, could you tell us a bit about why you wanted to work with Ross to write and publish this book? Yeah, thanks, Lauren. Uh, absolutely. So, you know, after having been in the industry for about 30 years, initially as a veterinarian and then in my corporate roles, I saw some absolutely amazing entrepreneurial people, you know, struggle with their business skills and their leadership skills. Uh, I met Ross a few years ago. He had the same interest in helping young entrepreneurs. And together we sat down and said, how do we better translate those those smart brains, skill sets uh, to become more uh, business friendly, to have higher leadership capabilities, to ultimately make themselves happy and to create successful businesses around them. Perfect. Thanks, Paul. I think the title of the book will really resonate with people because it's one thing to come up with a great idea, but another entirely to go through all the necessary steps to transform that idea into something that can be commercialized. I also thought it was interesting that the book begins with a quote from Sun Tso's The Art of War, which may seem out of place at the outset for a book focused on business. The quote is, thus the wise win before they fight, while the ignorant fight to win. Ross, tell me what this means and why it was important to you to start the book this way. Lauren, I used to say to people that there were two books they should read when they start a business. One is Machiavelli's The Prince, with some really good business advice in it, and Sun Tso's The Art of War, 
Why I've done this is because we have to really get planning and ready before we go to battle. The old saying is, know yourself and you know your enemy, you won't be imperiled in a hundred battles. That's what an entrepreneur needs to know. They need to know what their marketplace is, where they can get the best wins in their marketplace, and most importantly, what they say to their customer to get the customer to spend their dollars with them. So, Lauren, you plan in the beginning so you don't have to fight. So many ventures I've seen where somebody's invented something and said, this is the marketplace. They go charging ahead without any plan, and it costs everybody a lot of money and a lot of loss of dignity. Yeah, I totally agree, Ross. And I know in our business, the very first thing we always ask our clients is, do you know your market? Um, and a lot of times they they think they know their market, but they really haven't conducted a, a solid market um, analysis. So I think that's great advice. Uh, Ross, my next question has two parts. Um, from your experience, what would you say is the biggest hurdle that startup companies and entrepreneurs face when it comes to transforming ideas into profits? And secondly, what is the most common mistake that you see entrepreneurs make along this journey? Lauren, when Paul and I put this book together, we had to look at two things. We had to look at what were winners and what were losers. What is the proper culture to build the company in and what isn't? One of the biggest problems we see in startup ventures is scapegoating. Challenge number one has 10 questions in it. The number two question is scapegoating. Lauren, do you know where the term scapegoat came from? I don't. Oh, in ancient times, the cities, when they had problems, they would go out to their herd of goats and they'd pick the best goat they had, bring it in, put it on the altar, and all the people would walk by it and tell them why they were having hard times. Then guess what they did with the goat? Did they eat it? Paul, what do you think they did with the goat? <laughs> yeah, you agree? Oh boy, you guys are awful. No, <laughs> they shoot the goat away because it ran away with their problems. That's what scapegoating is, right, and that right. what kills is what kills ventures. <laughs> Successful ventures have leaders who are doing it for venture success, not for their ego. They'll call themselves innovators versus inventors. They will be the people who know how to lead. And in the, in the book, we've got what struggling ventures are and how to, how they, what they need to succeed. The first thing they need to succeed, this is in a flagrant commercial, so please, Lauren. <laughs> Number one, they need the book. I2P. But number two, they need PDA. Why do they need PDA? Because PDA will help them look at where they're taking their product. PDA will mentor them, as I do with my clients, to help them get along the way most effectively. When they do that, they will be able to develop a compelling vision that will bring in stakeholders, will bring in investment, and will optimize the investment for the people involved. That's perfect, Ross. So to sum that up, I think it's, you know, businesses that have a plan, that have done that market assessment, product development plan, regulatory strategy right from the get-go, those are the businesses I think that are more likely to succeed. Um, I think we can all agree that effective communication is vital to properly conveying your product's value proposition to your target audience whether that be investors, strategic partners, or your customers. Paul, the book lists four rules for effective interactions. Could you talk about these rules and how they can help companies be successful? Yeah, absolutely, Lauren, and this is so critical. Uh, I think, as Ross and I would say, understand before act. Uh, you must understand the needs of the corporation, the individuals, the players, the business. 
And so listening and understanding is, is really, really critical. So the, bo the book outlines in four simple steps um, the effective act, act of, of, uh, of uh, listening and then intervening afterwards. And it all starts off with a simple question, um, which can be further uh, elaborated on in terms of, of why, what, when. But the, it all starts off with a question uh, to someone in the company. And then you need to listen, listen, listen very carefully. Uh, allow that time uh, to have the, the, the person percolate their thoughts, to provide the required information, to provide their assumptions, so that you really get a, a deep knowledge in terms of what represents success, what are the assumptions, what are the challenges, etc. And, and during this time, again, it's important for you to be a bit quiet as you listen very carefully uh, to the person that's communicating with you. And sometimes just, just pause and, and reflect. You know, when that's over... Um, I think it's important to, to kind of reflect back to them what you've heard so that you can confirm their needs, their, their, their understanding, their needs, uh, their direction, so that you get, can then act. Um, so uh, it's, it's kind of in some simple steps. Listen, understand their needs, confirm their needs back to them, and then act and, and, move, and move forward in a very strategic uh, way. Th that way, they, 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 there's... there's there's, there's almost a bond achieved between you and your client, the person you're trying to help, because you do have a deep, intimate knowledge in terms of what they need, uh, what, what's, what's their problems, and how, how to proceed forward. Lauren, one of the most interesting things that I've seen when we've worked with Paul is him using the whys. He, someone makes a statement and Paul goes, why do you say that? They make the next statement, then Paul says, why do you say that? And Paul drives down. And don't you find by the fifth yeah. time you've found the whole route yeah, yeah, of where absolutely. things going? Absolutely, Ross. And yeah. helps him focus. And the other thing that helps, have you ever heard the term beehives? No. Big, hairy, audacious goals. Every company <laughs> that succeeds needs it. You're a soccer player, right? I am. <laughs> do you wear Adidas cleats? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't. You, I have in the past. I don't currently. <laughs> do you wear Nike? Yes. <laughs> do you know why you wear Nike? Every executive in Nike, when they started, had one sign in their office. It was a big, hairy, audacious goal. You know what it was? What? You're going to say, just do it, I bet. <laughs> no, it's not. It was, and they did it, beat Adidas. Okay. So all the stakeholders fell in line. Sort of neat. That's why Paul asks the why questions. That's why PDA gets involved so in-depth with their clients to know where it's going to go in the future. Mm -hmm. That's great, Russ. Yeah, and I, I think what I'm getting from that too when we're talking about effective interactions is is this key theme around listening. Um, that That's probably the most important part of, of communicating, actually. Um, and one of the common mistakes we see all the time with any type of communication is that people tend to listen to respond rather than listening to understand. Oftentimes we get so focused on what we're going to say next that we don't fully grasp what someone is telling us and we can miss important information. So I think having these rules laid out in a stepwise fashion is really helpful and something we can all think about to improve our own communication. Ross, the first chapter of the book introduces the concept of corporate culture and allows readers to rate the culture of their business. Could you talk about the concept of corporate culture and collaborative leadership and specifically, what are the attributes of a successful business culture? Number one, you hit the word right on the head when you said collaborative. People who think they're inventors are not collaborative. People who say I'm an inventor are doing it for their ego. People who are innovators will ask 
their team for ideas. They will take ideas from them and they will make them work. The challenge in the front of the book was founded because we'd done a lot of work looking at how people react, eh, Paul? And Paul's shaking his head up and down. But looking at the attributes, A, can a winner tell you what success is going to feel like? Because if they can tell you what success is going to feel like, does it, the scapegoating question, mm-hmm. biggest problem. And you go down through. And as you answer these questions, you rate them on a 1 to 10 scale. You then look at the question number that has the lowest rating and you go in and you change only that attribute in the company. It means as a leader, if it's scapegoating, you don't allow it. Mm-hmm. You, When somebody says yes, but, you say no, yes, and. Okay. <laughs> Changing that. But what do the numbers mean? Okay. If somebody rates it above 90, they're running on ego. Mm. Okay. They need to go back and check. Because nothing's perfect, and particularly in a new venture, eh, Paul? Okay, so nothing's perfect. If it rates 75 to 89, Paul, you and I are in, aren't we? Because we know that the people will get involved. Mm -hmm. If it's below 60, I think I've said to you, Paul, a couple of times and different (laughs) things we've talked about, run, run like heck, okay, because it's going to be a tough uphill battle. Mm -hmm. So who's the best person to actually do the rating, Ross? Would that be the CEO? Would it be the people who, who work under the CEO? Who should be rating the company? Well, it's interesting that you say that. Yes, the CEO should rate it. Yes, they should be looking for mentors like Paul and PDA and yourself, Lauren, who can come in and you look. It also gives you the information you need to talk to that person to help him develop the leadership skills he or she needs mm-hmm. to make a successful venture. Great. Ross, you've assisted and mentored a lot of companies over the years from a wide variety of sectors. I'm sure you've seen a lot of successful ventures as well as a lot of ventures that unfortunately did not achieve the level of success they were hoping for. Could you identify and describe some of the hallmarks of unsuccessful ventures? I started earlier. It's leaders with large egos. They think they're right. Everybody else is wrong. They know what's right. They don't take into consideration the amount of change it's going to take to get their product into the marketplace. They don't take into consideration, which you guys do something for them at PDA, is find them the right market to go to. It may not be the one they planned planned on, but when they are so intransigent that they would change, it's a very good hallmark of a losing venture. Yes, the leader needs to be there. The other things that are really interesting is the leader's not ready to give up management control. They may be a great inventor, a great scientist, eh, Paul? But a great scientist may not be a great manager. So they need to find the people. That's emotional intelligence. We've got a whole thing on emotional intelligence in the book. That's emotional intelligence, knowing where you're strong and knowing where to get the people to come in and help you. They really, really need to be clear on the criteria for advancement of the project so that they, when they bring the stakeholders in, the stakeholders know what they're going to get. The shareholders know what they're going to get. And they know what they're responsible for. So they need a compelling vision, and that compelling vision is what wins. Mm-hmm. That's great. Perfect. So along those lines, um, Paul Ross has identified uh, some telltale signs of losing ventures. And perhaps we could end on a positive note with you telling us about some of the hallmarks of winning ventures. Yeah, absolutely, Lauren. And, and I think we've all said along the course of this uh, 
this podcast that people are what makes or breaks an organization. And I think that really drives back to your point, your question about what, what makes a winning venture. Winning ventures are made up from winning individuals, winning teams, uh, winning business organizations, all focused on a very strategic uh, goal uh, with great partners, great investors, etc. So uh, winners have, have a number of characteristics that I think uh, you know are very, very notable. They're, they are strategic. They are bold. Uh, they do uh, have an energy about them. Um, they're not afraid to answer a problem or to, to wade into an area uh, where they're, they're not sure what the direction is uh, coming out. Uh, they have a strong sense of self. Uh, they work very hard with their, with their team, um, taking on those very difficult tasks. And ultimately on success, they celebrate with the team, with the organization, and with all those around them, again, their their uh, their business partners, their investors, etc. But uh, organization value is really driven by people value, and uh, the very strong attributes of people, again, that have that winning can do. Let's get this done uh, approach at, at life and at business. Paul, one of the my favorite things we've talked about this is Richard Branson and his. Five rules for success. Do you know what they are? I don't. No. It's really cool. Virgin products and services must have high quality. That's what you drive your clients to, isn't it? Yep. Mm-hmm. Second, virgin ventures must be innovative. Mm-hmm. They have to improve what's already been done before. That's what your, all your pharmaceutical clients yeah. do. Virgin ben- businesses must provide good value for the money. And it's that value statement that gets what's called share wallet. Right. Okay. Why did I pick this product over that yes. product? Mm-hmm. Virgin services must challenge existing alternatives. Yep. And all your clients do that, don't they? Yep, yep. And last but not least, virgin staff and customers must have a sense of fun. And we've had fun today. Thank you, Laura. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ross and Paul, for speaking with me today. To our listeners, this book is perfect for entrepreneurs and anyone in a leadership position, whether you are running a small startup operation or a multinational corporation. In addition to what you heard today, this book will teach you how to identify shortcomings in your business, provide you with strategies to overcome, build a winning team, collaborate effectively, lead with integrity and inspiration, and ultimately transform your ideas into commercial opportunities and profits. You can also purchase a copy on Amazon or directly from the web at ideastoprofit.ca for a special and signed first edition copy. Ross, Paul, congratulations on the book and thank you for speaking with me today. Join our online community at ideas number two profits where you can take advantage of workshops, complimentary downloadables, and monthly newsletters. And finally, should you require someone to do a keynote address to one of your associations or groups, Paul and I are available. We also have a series of workshops that will be downloaded from the website that you can absolutely provide to your staff in your working environments. Thank you again. Have a great day.